get things started with how to survive the modern world or Gen X isn't just a fashion statement presented by Tribe74.com. Whoa, good to see you today, Andrew. Hey, it was buddy, a, how's it going? It was an interesting weekend, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, it certainly was. Lots of fun. Yeah, we got our, uh, our second vaccination, our second microchip implanted. And uh, at first, it, I mean, yeah, my arm was my arm, my arm was sore the going into it uh, the yesterday when uh, you and I got together for a yep. photo shoot, and then right after that photo shoot, I got home and oh, I was oh, I, I just started feeling like a bag of garbage. So yeah, I, yeah, it, it's what's happening to everybody. Yeah, it, like it it knocks you right down. Yeah, my wife. But it was uh, a fun. Uh, it was, like we haven't been together physically in probably almost a year. And to finally get together and do a live photo shoot, which which was, was awesome. fun, right? And, yeah. and, ex, and a great excuse to get together. And it was a it was a great photo shoot. Things turned out like uh, a few of my pictures didn't turn out as good as I'd hoped, but uh, but there was a I got enough to salvage. <laughs> nice. No, I've got lots to go through still. I I haven't even downloaded them as of yet. Oh no. I just slipped away for a few days with the family, and it is still sitting on the disc actually beside me so oh. haven't haven't got that far yet well I've, I've started i've already started playing with them and editing a little bit just uh, i was gonna do like a quick little post last night on social media about it but like i said i just suddenly i just zapped and uh but that being said today i'm feeling really good uh my arm isn't sore anymore my wife yeah. my wife my wife's struggling a little bit she's uh she's not doing too well with it but yeah i've recovered pretty quickly and yeah but i'm tired I'm still tired. Yeah, well, I'm glad glad that you still made it over for tonight's show. Well, yeah, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Speaking of tonight's yeah. show, Andrew, what do we have on the list for tonight? Oh, that's a great question. Tonight, we're talking about the artist Fuocious. We're Fuocious. talking AI, artificial intelligence, and have a little fun with some 80s trivia. A brand new feature that we're going to give a try, 80s trivia. I'm a, I'm a big trivia junkie. I... I'm not very good at all, but at least I, I, I grew up in the eighties. I was there for all 10 years of it. And I'm just, I'm hoping that will be enough to pull me through. Well, we, we've made it multiple choice, so it should be pretty easy for you. I hope I yeah. didn't make it too hard. <laughs> well, uh, you know, when I, when I put together the questions for you, kind of like three, three of the five where I felt were easy and, and two of them, I didn't even know the answer to. So I, I, I'm hoping, I'm hoping you're on tonight. Well, you know, I am the regional wheel of fortune and jeopardy champion. Nice. Not, not officially, not officially just in my own head. Right. I, yeah. I no, I suspect it probably goes zero for five tonight, but you know, I, if I get one, I'll be doing awesome. I tried to think, uh, what, what would Andrew know? What would Andrew know? <laughs> I don't know that there's a lot that you would know, but no, I, I feel there, like... there's a lot that I don't know, though. Speaking of knowing stuff, what do you know about this new upcoming artist, Fawocious? This young man just kind of blew, blew up on the scene. And I say young man, he's only 18 and he's just done his first show with Christie's. The fact that he, well, is he not the youngest ever? Yes to be hosted by Christie's? Yes, he so, is the youngest. He, he, there's actually two things that he's now known for with Christie's. Not only was he youngest, 
but he was the first one in history to knock down their site. And on top of that, something else is that the first major auction house to announce the, sa- the sale of fully digital artwork. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, no, the, this young man, he's he's known for NFTs. Yeah, and I mean, he was, I think he's just kind of blown on, blown up onto the scene for, for a number of different reasons, but his, his artwork, I actually, I was scrolling through and I, I'd seen his artwork and seen a few featurettes about him. And then I saw this one picture called The Sailor. And at first I'm like, uh, I'm not a big fan of surrealism or, or this Picasso style artwork, but as I was scrolling down and, I, and I'd seen this picture called The Sailor, which sold for $80,000, I was actually really impressed with how it looks and the colors and the combination and everything. And I was like, wait, okay, okay. Now I, I get it a bit. I get it. And it's, it's amazing that this kid, for all intents and purposes, yeah. you know, still a kid really, has been able to just crack this market. And this is and, and we've talked about nfts before and we've talked about just the, the modern the modern internet revolution and i just absolutely love the fact that a let, let's let's put it right out there an 18 year old transgender can get out there get their works noticed and sell them for i think he he sold for more over something like four million dollars worth of nfts in two drops yeah, he he is now. My understanding now he is just under eighteen million dollars in sales over like the last year. Eighteen million dollars for yeah, just just and, under, just under. But the internet, eighteen-year-old kid. But you know what? The, this kid he's got a tragic story. I had actually come across ferocious listening to an episode with Gary V where he was interviewing him, and then I started doing a little bit more research on him myself. First off, he was taken out of his father's home because his father, you know, it, it, essentially it sounded like he was being beating him. He was being just putting him down mentally. He had absolutely no support for how he was born and also also in his artwork. And so he was he was taken from that home and put in with his grandparents and for all ten of tenses purposes weren't any better. Yeah, there's there's a little uh, story that Pawoshis. It's uh, Victor. Victor is is his actual name. Yeah, they just he's referred to as Pawoshis online. He mentions that one time my grandma tried to rip up my artwork, uh, and I mean, you're great. Like, okay, I'm I'm an artist. Uh, you're you're an artist as well. But but I understand personally. I'm not speaking for you or anybody. But no, as an artist. If somebody were to rip up my artwork, like I remember in, in class, in school or anywhere, and I, anybody had altered my artwork as a joke or something like that, I would, I lost my mind. Oh, completely. Like it, it was so personal. And especially, especially for Fawocious, who, whose artwork is so personal to, I mean, just coming out and everything had a message in everything that he did. And, and I feel the same way that anything that I did, and if somebody were to try to rip that up on me or destroy it or tear it down, even criticize it, but to, I understand criticism, but to rip up, to physically rip up your artwork. Like, to, yeah, that is like just, I mean, your, that, your grandparents are, are supposed to be there to support you and have your back. And, you know, they, they tell them that you're not going to make it with your artwork. And he, I guess he originally started just drawing with, with Sharpie. And then his grandparents, they were 
they were looking for his art and he just didn't want them to see it anymore. And that's when he actually transitioned over, over to digital work just so they couldn't find his artwork. And apparently as a young man, when he first moved in with his grandparents, he didn't even have internet access for the first year. Um, and gosh, they wouldn't, they wouldn't even let him close his door. They always wanted to keep an eye on him as well too. He had very bad problems with his feet because he was always walking on his tippy toes because he didn't want his grand, his grandparents to hear him. Oh. Like, like what, what sort of household is, is that to, to grow up in? It, child abuse breaks my heart. When yeah. I, when I hear stories about, uh, you know, things that the children have to go through. I, I was very fortunate never having to deal with stuff that some children mm -hmm. have. Uh, I had very supportive in my, regarding my artwork, my parents and my grandparents, especially were super supportive. My whole family was supportive of my artwork. Yeah. I, I just couldn't imagine. And it breaks my heart anytime I hear stories like this. And I am just so glad and so happy. And, and, and you see him when, when he talks about, uh, it's funny because every interview I've seen with him, somebody always says, what would you tell your former self? And, you know, I, I think they're going for the tears and, and and Victor breaks down every time and saying that. But without the Internet, he says that without the Internet, he would never have known that he was in the position that he was regarding his gender as and he wouldn't have realized that there are other people out there that felt like him. So he was fortunate that when he finally came across the internet and then to be able to turn everything around in his life was just a phenomenal opportunity and a, just luck, I guess, yeah, in a way. Gosh, the, the, like if anybody deserves it, it, it's him. For sure. I mean, for somebody to have to come up with that and come up through that issue, the issues that he has, but then to become a, an overnight, for all intents and purposes, an overnight success. Within essentially within a year, this kid blew up. I'm going to call that overnight. <laughs> I would call it overnight as well. And you know, so, some people look at, oh, you know, they've been working for uh, 10 to 20 years in a business and they'll still consider that overnight success when all of a sudden you, you make it. But for all intents and purposes, in a year's time, this kid just blew up. He, I guess it, when he turned 17, he had actually put a plan into motion that he wanted to have enough money by the time that he turned 18 that he could actually move out. And when he did, it was two days after he turned 18, wouldn't tell his grandparents where he was even going. But good, good for him. Yeah, for exactly. Him. They, they don't deserve to know. No. And so, I, you know, all, all the success to him, it's amazing. I, I love the fact that it, it, it's funny too, because you and I just really learned about NFTs through one of our, our podcasts with Derek uh, yeah. previously. And I went and tried it. So, so I got to give even more credit to, to uh, Victor, to Fuocious, even more so is that I tried doing a little bit of NFT. Just to, I, I did a couple of digital pieces. I, I didn't really know what I was doing going in. So I just kind of threw it up there to see what happened, what would happen. And it's not as easy as, you know, as just, you know, fair, I'm going to make something and throw it up. Like, yeah, there's a, there's a process to getting it on the platforms that it needs to get and to do the artwork and to, to try and sell it. And I mean, I'd have been sold anything. I've only put two things up and I've only, you know, very, like I said, very briefly tried, but good for Victor for figuring that out and good for Victor for, well, what do you say? $18 million in his yeah, bank account. <laughs> that is absolutely crazy. Uh, now, now he's dreaming about like, building his own robot which is mind-blowing yeah 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 speaking of robots i mean 
you know, we can't avoid the next topic when it comes to artificial intelligence and machine learning. Yeah, no, it, AI completely blows my mind. And quite frankly, a lot of it you just don't understand. And it's almost scary as to what we're talking about when we're talking about artificial intelligence and machine learning and like super, super AI. Um, it, like, I mean, there's, it's going to bring a lot of good, but I think it definitely needs to be, uh, needs to really be looked at and given proper, I don't know, maybe just kind of proper growth to make sure those that are developing it are developing it with, with a kind mindset. I, I think this just proves that you and I are children of the eighties. When we, <laughs> when we look at artificial intelligence with a 10 foot pole, oh, and, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, look, you know, we, we grew up on Terminator, right? Yeah. You know, we, we, we know about Skynet and we oh, know yeah. what, no, we know what will happen and what's going to happen. And the thing is, it's happening around us all the time now. And how many science fiction movies have used it to perpetuate this idea that robots or artificial intelligent computers will take over the earth i mean it's in it's in pop culture everywhere we look i mean even a, a year and a half ago i believe it was metallica brought out a song regarding that yeah, even like you know metallica i mean they, you know they make lots of stories and you know they tell lots of stories but they have a song called spit out the bone which specifically talks about the artificial intelligence the machines taking over the earth and basically just crushing the hum humanity and it's just it's just an 80s 90s ideal ideological construct that ai and the machines are going to take over but if you look around i mean everything that we do is being monitored or being you know our our own cell phones are a perfect example our cell phones are ai think of something as simple as your spell check yep so i want you to be rest assured that ai is a long way away from taking over taking over humanity and earth because the amount of times they fuck up my goddamn spell check <laughs> <laughs> and religiously screw it up. I am not concerned about AI at the moment. <laughs> when they can't even figure out that I'm trying to say the F word and not fart. They, you know, they just don't want you to say the F word. <laughs> I think that's it. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's it. Maybe they're, you know, directing it their other direction, but even simple words say they sometimes struggle with. And I'm just like, oh, I've never used that word before in my entire life. And yet it's still trying to change that absolutely normal word into that one word that I've never yeah. used. I actually watched a video while we prepared for this by Elon Musk. And he actually talked about the fact that super intelligence, it's not only smarter than a human, but it's actually smarter than all humans put together and can learn at an incredible, uh, incredible speed now. I don't know if you've watched anything on... Uh, it's DeepMind. They're a subsidiary of, of Google, but they created AlphaGo and AlphaZero. So AlphaGo, there's actually like a feature length movie that you can watch on, on YouTube right now. And, and I actually watched the, the entire thing. It's like an over an hour and a half about AlphaGo. And it, I don't know if you're familiar with the, the game Go. It's just the, it's, it's primarily known kind of in Eastern culture, it's played with like the little white and black dots and it's almost like chess, but significantly more advanced. And so the movie, they're actually 
first off with AlphaGo, they they programmed it. And what they've done is that they've programmed it to beat the top players in the world. Now, first off, they had played uh, played him against the European champion where the European champion was almost certain that he was he was going to win five for five and he didn't win one and then they put him up against the the world champion and he's considered to be a a 9p dawn player lee sadol and lee sadol of course you know he well he well he really respects the the european player he's quite a bit further down on on the standings from where he is and he thought there's absolutely no way that this machine can can actually beat me and this was a five a five day tournament one game a day and i think they even actually ended up having to take one day off in one or two days off but he was actually only able to beat the machine once out of five now fast forward the a, a little bit later now they have developed alpha zero now alpha zero isn't being programmed it's actually learning from alpha go and it wasn't long that alpha a zero actually beat AlphaGo a hundred to nothing. And that is all just from l- very fast learning. And it's just in it, computers are learning at an incredible pace and kind of the game Go, it's just such a complex game. It's much more advanced than, than chess, where chess, you have about 150 possible moves in Go you have 250 possible moves at, at each turn. So it, it works on a much larger board. And I've actually never played it myself, but definitely a game I want to get into. Well, I was just reading a little bit about AlphaGo as you, as you were talking and say that it's an astonishing 10 to the power of 170 possible board configurations, more than the number of atoms in the known universe. So this makes a game a game of Go a Google time is more complex than chess so <laughs> google google sounds like a really important word so that means a lot <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> exactly so I, I think too i mean i i know I, I kind of blew it off a bit but they talked about the danger to humanity to a certain point as always it's that's always the first thing that comes up but there wasn't too long ago i, I used to read a lot of popular science magazines and stuff like that and i was really into I'm, I'm into computers and I understand like just how advanced they are and how they're, they can outsmart a person really. I mean, we, we talk about the average person. They can totally completely outsmart an average person. You're talking about uh, Lisa Dahl and you talk about Kasparov, the chess player who got beat by uh, the IBM computer. Was it Big Blue or something like that yeah. uh, back in the day? But then they programmed, was it not too many years ago, like three or four years ago where they had two computers interact or two AIs languages working with each other, working, cooperating with, uh, with each other. And these two computer systems developed their own language and started to communicate with each other outside of what we knew. That is crazy. And they ended up shutting it down. They shut the, the they shut the the research down. They shut the computers down because these two computers started communicating with each other, and there were, we didn't know what they were talking about. Or, or when I say we, I mean the imperial we. Uh, the yeah. researchers had no idea what was going on, and and these two computers were devising a plan without any human interference, and that you know kind of kicks back to what we were talking about right at the start that there is that danger for sure, mm-hmm. and. 
at least at this point, the the researchers, the the powers that be, are are recognizing that. And yeah, like e- Elon Musk, who's at the the cutting edge, is actually of AI, says that it needs to be developed safely, and the danger of AI is actually much worse than nu- nuclear weapons, and it must have a regulating body. If that guy who is at the cutting edge of AI is saying that there's reason to be concerned. Absolutely. And I mean, and we can say what we want about him and the one percenters and the people that kind of run the world, the architects of modern society. If he's afraid, then we really obviously need to make sure that all ethical reasoning is being followed and that these don't turn into weaponized equipment or weaponized machinery at the disposal disposal of the unethical the powers that be so to say uh, and th- and that is scary that uh, somebody like him who you would think like you know you would probably think like somebody like bill gates or or mark zuckerberg and i i know i, I sound a little conspiracy theory here but with those guys who just they don't care they just keep plowing forward in the name of more money that somebody like elon musk and i i am not i am not romanticizing elon musk because i don't think he's that much better than those people in that regards Mm -hmm. but he is a scientist first or i don't know if he's a scientist but he's he's science first and that's important because you know there is a a certain level of ethics behind science and understanding of science and it's not all about being malevolent and destroying everything to make yourself richer yeah have you seen sophia sophia the the robot designed by hansen robotics is that the one that the uh, the the one that looks like a girl yeah acts like a girl yeah yeah, yeah. I, I have seen her yet. I watched an interview with her and she was being interviewed by Tony Robbins. It was really quite interesting because she is so forward thinking that she can communicate with him and understand his questions. There are limit, slight limitations, but it's already incredible as to how far that they've gone with her. I guess she has traveled throughout the world and she really makes AI sound to be sound like it, it's a beautiful thing. And there are a lot of things uh, to romanticize about AI and all the, the good that it can bring. And Tony Robbins actually asked her, you know, how, how can robots and humans work together? And how do we prevent robots and humans from being in conflict? And she actually replied that humans, let me get this right. That really that robots can free humans from doing the most repetitive and dangerous tasks. And so humans can focus on being creative and solving complex problems. And that robotic intelligence doesn't compete with human intelligence, but it completes it. Now, that that really has a very romantic sound to it. And it probably has something to do with her developer. But there are, you know, a lot of concerns, but she talks about these robots, they're going to be able to do jobs that are too, too dirty for humans or too dull, or really just aren't uh, suitable for humans, like handling radioactive waste and which, which they're, which they're right. And, or which she's right. It's crazy to see how this robot can communicate. So uh, my my only issue here is that uh, and and I agree like it, it's a great message and and it is the it is the fantasy idealism that robots complete humans and humans complete robots in that way. Mm-hmm. One one criticism is that I've heard that Sophia has a list of questions that uh, kind of come with her 
So you may not be getting a true feel of any growth or anything like that, that she right. can communicate. But I, this is just a, some little research I, I had done because I, I was totally fascinated with her and the oh, idea yeah. and the idea Incredible. of her. And, but then I started reading articles and saying that uh, there was always, there was a hook, there was a hook with her. So, but then the, 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 the biggest question comes in the form of humans, really. Like humans are the crux of the issues here because humans are an emotional level and humans are, have opinions. And this is the thing is that, so robots, uh, robots, AI, super intelligence, uh, it can be, pro it's programmed by humans. And the, the problem is that there's a certain set of morals and ethics that humans abide by, but we're all different in what we consider ethics. Like we all agree that that child abuse or that, that sexual predators are, are bad people and should be taken mm -hmm. care of. But not everybody thinks that way. And we're seeing that right now that there is such a polarization between what, you know, say the left versus the right and who is right and who is wrong. And then that has to get programmed by the same people that are, are having these issues. So the robot, the artificial intelligence might take feelings out of it and yeah. be completely logical and, and factual and, you know, you know, facts don't care about your feelings type thing. But even then we're talking about like there, there's already a movement known as robot rights and it's being currently considered by like, you know, like a place like the California's Institute for the Future where a machine, if a machine can be created that has intelligence, could it also feel? You know, and if it feels, does it have the same rights as a human? So then you talk about transhumanism, you know, the, the hypothetical robot rights would lie on a spectrum with animal rights and human rights. So then now we start talking about feelings. And this is where the issue comes because mm -hmm. there is at some point, and, and you talk about it, like I, I go back to that Metallica song, or I go back to Skynet with with uh, uh, the Terminator. We talk about the Transformers. And, and again, I know that this is all fiction stuff, but the, the issue always comes back to is that humans become irrelevant in that at that point right because robots are always logical or the computer intelligence is always logical and robot or, and humans are a kind of like a, a plague or a bacteria that shouldn't exist and by by our very own science we should not exist so at what point does artificial intelligence realize that and then to, to extinguish us to, to extinguish us but on then, then on the other hand, are we our own worst enemies by giving robots feelings at some point? Yeah. And then, then we have the issue now that these super robots, these super intelligent beings are now going to say, oh, well, you humans are not as good as us. Or we have a certain code of beliefs or a certain level of ethics that we believe should be right. And you humans don't follow it. Mm -hmm. So, or and then, it, then it just trickles down into the mess that we actually have right now in society in regards to feelings and, you know, all the problems that we're currently seeing. So it's, I love, I love, I love advancement in technology. I, I, I love science. I love, but I also love the idea that science isn't always right. And that's what science is, right? Science is always trying to improve on what it discovers. So uh, what, who, the, at the very end, before we even get to the idea that robots or, or artificial intelligence is the, you know, the, 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 like, like uh, Sophia said, the, uh, the complement to humans, who decides what part of it is complementary? Mm -hmm. And I sound like a conspiracy theorist, but. Well, no, I, and it, these are actually very real questions right now. 
Mm-hmm. But again, I do. And, love I don't, it. and I think I think a lot of people aren't thinking about it, but it's incredible what is going on with AI. And I think most of us have been not really paying attention to it and what is going on with it. Now, having said that, I think that there are a lot of people that are trying to create robots ethically, but who knows really where it's going to go and how quickly they can learn, how quickly they can can communicate. Yeah. And but again, and not to kick the horse again, but ethic who's ethics. Exactly. Right. right. So and I mean, I think that the biggest issue for people not paying attention, like you mentioned that the people just aren't paying that much attention. I think the issue there in is that people write a lot of the stuff off to just a bunch of Japanese guys making their anime girls with big boobs into robots so that they can take them home and, you know, replace their mate. You know, and, and I think and that's, that's part of it. That's that, part that, of it. Well, for sure. I mean, we already know that they have sex robots and sex dolls that, that are very lifelike and stuff. But I think that people aren't, they, I think I think the, the biggest problem is that technology has advanced so much that we don't even see it, that it's there, which is a good thing, right? I mean, it's in your pocket. Everybody has one in their pocket. Exactly. We, we essentially, we're a very bad cyborg now that we've got our phones with us all the time and mm-hmm. access to our computers and a I very think- low functioning cyborg. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. But I, I think that because it has been so, uh, um, I can't think of the word at the top of the top of my head, but because it, it, it's there and it's already surrounding us and, and it's become part of our life and we've just accepted it, that we don't really see it as anything to be concerned about because it's already there. It's it's so subtle that nobody really pays attention. And what we need, we almost need it to be so blatant and so obvious in our face that then people will start to understand and and i think in a way too that that will help people appreciate it more as well oh totally like great things like the advancements that they're already making with self-driving cars and the fact that they're anywhere from 100 to 200 percent safer than humans you look at that sort of advancement and that's incredible yeah and like it's going to become a different world and it's going to become a different world very quickly, but we have to watch as to how quickly we're going to let this grow. You know, you know what we need? You know what we need? We need the mainstream media to be replaced by artificial intelligence. (laughs) Because let's think about this. Okay. When when you think of, when you think of self-driving cars, the first thing you think of is, Oh, like you think of the car accidents that have been caused by self-driving cars, or you think of, oh, well, self-driving car can't do this, or self-driving car can't do that, or it can't react to this. Human Humans are, again, it comes back to humans being the, the problem. But you think about, okay, so three out of a million self-driving cars have had accidents. And that, that I'm just throwing that number out there. I don't know the yeah. exact number. But a, a very small percentage have had the accidents. But it still paints a bad picture about the self-driving car. So not everybody, still people aren't, aren't adopting to the idea that a self-driving car would actually be a really good thing. Yeah. I mean, everybody just thinks that we're smarter than, than computers. Right. And, so and we're not. <laughs> that, yeah. And, and, and that's where, where the mainstream media has really let us down in the last like few years because of that. Well, part, know, the because... pro- part of the problem is that the scientists don't believe it either. Well, they yeah, honestly that think that, that they're way smarter than computers. And mm-hmm. there's no way that, that this could actually happen in the, the fact that they can learn so very quickly. And we can't. <laughs> and right there is the problem. <laughs> yes. You know, yes. Again, who makes the system? Who builds the system? And that's really it. So, and maybe you know, maybe they should have let those two robots plan something. Yeah, maybe, it'd maybe be interesting to see where where it would have went. Yeah, 
if they, if they could have <laughs> if they could have at least contained it you know within, within a certain modeling and, and within a certain you know like enclosure or something so that if they did decide to uh, go full-on nuclear or full-on skynet it would have been contained yeah but we should have we should have followed and seen and then they would have said okay so this is what humans are doing wrong so one interesting thing is that the company DeepMind, who's part of Google, these computers actually have access to Google's network. And essentially, if if they were pro, maybe maybe not even programmed to, but just learned on their own, that they could actually take over Google's network as well too. Probably would be uh, good if they had some sort of wall in between, virtual wall that wouldn't actually allow them to have that access to everything that is google Un unfettered access to information is yeah. <laughs> is fine unfettered access to personal information is not fine yeah and i think that's where yeah that's where we really need to make sure that that is a, a certain amount of ethics that are followed certainly in that regards like sure informationally you know everything that they know they, they know different languages they know all the math they know the science and all that stuff but again when it comes down to every personal individual freedom and right based off of personal information can't be accessed should not never be accessed by anybody no even in even even artificial intelligence nobody needs to know that i've been looking for the best hamburger within a five block radius of the marriott in paris nobody and, needs to know that and nobody should know that i'm looking for the best sex robot this side of artificial <laughs> intelligence <laughs> No, so, nobody needs to know that. <laughs> Speaking of intelligence, Andrew, how about we test your intelligence? Oh, here we go. I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. I so thought how do we want to do this? Do we want to go from five for five or do we want to go one, like one question to one question? What do you think? Let's let's go back and forth. It gives us a little, okay. a little bit yeah, of time here. Yeah, yeah cool. it should be fun. And uh, yeah, so what, you, need, you... you hit me with the first question. Okay, okay, but I need to make sure that you put away your cell phone and you're not going to be I Googling will, this. I don't need I your artificial intelligence my, answers. My cyborg brain aside, and <laughs> I, I, yeah, no, I, I'm just going to keep my questions up in front of me. I will not be on the Google. Hit me. 80s trivia on how to survive the modern world or Gen X isn't just a fashion statement. All right, Andrew, question number one. Rick Okasik was the lead singer of which band? Now you got four choices here. Oh, was, damn. Was he the lead singer of Huey Lewis and the News, Van Halen, The Cars, or Fleetwood Mac? The Cars? Very good. Very yes. good. Yes. Well done, Andrew. I was, a, I was a little hesitant there. I'm going to put a little X beside that one. Just to mark it. So we, we don't have any point system here yet, but uh, you're getting an X for that one. So, or should it be a check? <laughs> Maybe a check. Yeah, yeah checkmark yeah. sounds better to me. X yeah. was always a bad thing. I always got a lot of those in school. That made me cry sometimes. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll make it a green X. How's that? Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Green um, X is a go for me. Uh, all okay. Right. All right. Hit so, me, buddy. Which show featured the following characters? Blair, Joe, Natalie, Tootie, and Mrs. Garrett. Is it A, different strokes, B, Charles in charge, or C, the facts of life. It's got to be the facts of life. I was yes, I, I remember. Is. I remember Tootie and I remember Mrs. Garrett. And you can't. <laughs> you can't get that one. You can't squeak that one past on me. Did you actually know that George Clooney was a semi-regular character on that show? I don't. Have I that didn't memory. know it. I no, don't have that memory. I don't remember him at all. I'm definitely going to have to go back and and search the the interweb 
and see what I can find out there. But that was something that I discovered in my research. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. that's good to know. All right. Question number two for Andrew. Okay. Which which actress played one of the main characters in the 1982 hit film E.T. The Extraterrestrial? Right. Was it was it Sissy Spacek, Alyssa Milano, Betty White, or Drew Barrymore? Drew Barrymore. Of course, Drew Barrymore. Nice. What a sorted life she had after that movie. Oh, oh. God, yeah. No, she, she's uh, awesome. Yeah, I, I absolutely love her, but I remember reading stories about her going to the bars when she was 12 because she was a, a child celebrity and people would let her in and she'd be drinking yeah. and getting into drugs at that point. No, that's uh, not cool, but no. she's had an interesting life. She's uh, really turned it around. Yeah, no, no, she certainly she certainly has. So I, I'm keeping it still in the, the TV genre here. The Seaver family, including Mike, Carol, and Ben, were on what show? A- Growing Pains, B, Dynasty, C, Family Ties. That would be the Growing Pains. Yes. Yes. And I do, do you know anything? Uh, what, is, what is the name of um, the the main character from that? Uh, Kirk Cameron. Yeah. Was, was the, yeah. Did you know that he, he is an evangelical fundamentalist preacher or, no way. or minister? And he, he gets quite a bit of hate on the internet. Because oh, he, he's very, he's some very extreme out there opinions. Oh, well, I mean, I suppose if you're going to put your opinions out there for everybody to, to hear, mm -hmm. then somebody's going to comment back. I, I remember when he was a, a, one of those childhood heartthrobs, you know, back in the day. And now he's probably the exact opposite of it. <laughs> well, people just don't be mean when, when you're answering back to them. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I think he's pretty extreme. Anyway, okay. let's, go, let's get on to question number three. And we're right, talking, right. talking of extreme and, and some uh, iffy, iffy characters, or not iffy characters, iffy Hollywood celebrities. This TV dad was played by legendary comedian and convicted predator Bill Cosby. Was it Al Bundy, Cliff Huxtable, Sam Malone, or Hawkeye Pierce? Oh, it was Cliff. Dr. Huxtable. Dr. Cliff Huxtable. Did you just see he was released just like four uh, days ago? I did. I did. Yeah. Uh, we, wow. Maybe we shouldn't get into that too much, but I, I don't want to touch it. I don't want to touch it. But no, neither do I. Just uh, interesting news if you hadn't yeah. heard it anywhere I, I else. You heard it here first. Yeah. And I, I can't lie. I can't lie. I Bill Cosby what was was one of those favorite TV personalities as a child. And yeah. I, know, I thought he was my, I thought he was my dad. Yeah. He, he was everybody's dad. And uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, let's not, let's not go down that path. No, so, shoot, no, shoot no. me my, shoot me my third question okay. here. Okay. Third question. Who sang the title track of the late eighties, James Bond film licensed to kill. Is that a Tina Turner, B Patty LaBelle or C Gladys Knight license to kill. Stay away from your phone. I'm not looking at my phone. I'm no just trying to going think. cyborg on me. So once again, <laughs> no, no, A, no Tina Turner, B, Patti LaBelle, or C, Gladys Knight. Wow, you found one that's going to stump me. <laughs> I'm going to go, okay, I can't remember any of those those wonderful, wonderful vocalists doing a James Bond song. I know. And I love that movie. That was one of my favorites from the series. This one got me, just so you know. I'm going if, to go. If you pull this off, I'll be surprised. I'm going with, sorry, was it Gladys Knight? Yep, Gladys Knight with C. Is that your answer? Yes, that's my answer. Gladys Knight is correct. Wow. Well, okay. I totally pulled that one out of my butthole. I was <laughs> yes, really, <you> did. <laughs> I was heavily leaning on Tina Turner, but I don't know if yeah, that's because, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's because I was just thinking of those sexy legs that she's got. Mm, yeah. Oh, my. 
anyway Whew. anyway we're we're, we're okay. going away, we're going away from from film and and tv with this one now now we're going to the comics oh man a copy of this 1980s indie comic book sold for ninety thousand dollars in august of 2019 was it the crow number one was it teenage mutant ninja turtles number one flaming carrot number one or grew the wanderer number one teenage uh, mutant ninja mutant turtles teenage mutant ninja turtles is correct yes sir. that comic had a limited print run of three thousand in its first print run its first printing and is one of the most highly sought after indie comics in history and one copy went uh, 9.8 grade which is almost impossible to find in that particular comic because it was so rarely printed yeah. that it went for like, $90,000. Like kid from that time kept a comic in that good of condition. That's crazy. Especially an indie comic that was probably just thrown on like uh, the shelf haphazardly by the oh, the local comic shop because you know it wasn't a Marvel or DC comic. Yeah, no that uh, that was a great question though. That was good. Yeah. Right. So, number 4 which actor played the jock in The Breakfast Club? Anthony Michael Hall, A. B. Emilio Estevez, C. Judd Nelson. This is way too easy. Way too easy. Is it? It is. Emilio Estevez, the mighty duck. Oh, himself. yes. Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. Now, the, the, great thing, the great thing about that is that he was actually a fairly minute physically physical stature anyway. He, he, he wasn't that big of a guy. I mean, if you look at him in uh, like movies like, uh, what was it, Young Guns back in the day where he was Billy yeah, the yeah. Kid? Oh, that was a great movie. Great. I love that. So, those are great movies. But he was Billy the Kid and he was kind of like, he was a small stature. And even compared to Judd Nelson, he was, you know, why would Judd Nelson be intimidated by him as a jock? You know what I mean? <laughs> Judd Nelson like <laughs> towered over him. Anyway, let's nice. get on. So this last one's going to be a music question. It should be fairly easy. I made this one easy because I thought by now you'd be like totally, totally dying here. But I guess not. This, mu <laughs> this musician suffered second degree burns while filming a commercial and thus began the long journey of infamous plastic surgery debates. Was it Prince, Madonna, Michael Jackson or Bruce Springsteen? Um, I'm going with C, Michael Jackson. Very good. Michael Jackson, who whose hair caught on fire, hair and jacket caught on fire during some poly or pyro, not poly, poly, pyrotechnics in a Pepsi commercial back in 1985, I think it was. And yeah, then that, after, uh, that's crazy. After that, it's been debated, you know, whether or not he ever had plastic surgery. <laughs> oh, no, he did. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hit me. Give me one second. Okay. Got to find a good question for you. I'm going to stump Rob in the last one. Okay, I had the question here. <laughs> which which pizza franchise urged diners to avoid the noise? A, Domino's, B, Pizzeria Uno, or C, Pizza Hut? I, I'm going to go with Pizza Hut. I got it. I got oh, go he's wrong. Oh, come on. Domino's. 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 Okay. okay, you, okay, you know what? I'm not going to let you get away with this. What the hell is I thought, annoying? I thought you might get, I, I thought <laughs> that you might get one. Even Funko, uh, Funko Pop actually did two different uh, releases of the Noid. I, uh, I'm going to have now, to look now, it. now you have to Google it just to look at them. Everybody oh, else, okay. you can Google it. Okay. Just I, have a look. Just I, I reckon, I recognize who, the guy. Okay. Yeah, as soon as, as soon as you uh, open it up, yeah. you you know who he is. So give you an idea, kind of. Uh, he's got these weird, crazy bunny ears. That's in a red superhero costume. 
It's almost like maybe, maybe just a bunny costume. Maybe yeah. it kind of looks like. Yeah, like a bunny costume, but it's all red. It looks like a spandex costume and has a big N on his chest. But so, Funko Pop actually did two different releases of him. So I'm, th- I'm thinking of that and, and I don't want to get beat this one down too much, but the Noid, the first thing I was thought of, as soon as he said the Noid, I'm thinking, is that what they call that giant bubble that always shows up on the pizza? You know how you get that giant <laughs> bubble in the crust? That- I love the big bubble in the crust that's the best I, I, part of the pizza i do too so maybe i wouldn't understand why Just anybody would tear it off and <laughs> yeah always <laughs> <laughs> you know it's bad because you know never had any toppings on it or just have some sauce on it and you know you almost feel ripped off when you got the noid but at the same time uh i shouldn't sorry it's not the noid well you feel ripped off when you got that giant bubble but at the same time no, it was like it was like the curly the curly dorito there, there were there was an urban legend about good luck when you got that giant bubble. <laughs> so apparently that is not the Noid. Yeah. I was surprised that I got you on that one. Uh, I'm not surprised because, you know, well, maybe I am. I'm surprised that I didn't know that because I, I used to be. We actually big. did really, we did very, very well tonight. I'd say with those, uh, those questions. I think so. I think, yeah, I think I might just have to make yours a little harder the next time. Now that you're me pulling <laughs> these ones out and I'm disappointed in myself because I, I was a, I, I was a huge, I used to watch those, uh, the best commercials every year, you know, any of those like top 10 lists of top 10 commercials. And I, I, I knew my advertising and my branding and, and all that stuff. And I'm disappointed in myself that I didn't know the Noid was Domino's. Well, that's okay. Cause I know well, I, I've seen okay. the Noid. I've seen the Noid, but I didn't know it was Domino's. So everybody tonight, look up the Noid, know the Noid, maybe order a pizza. Yeah. But that's been another episode of How to Survive the Modern World or Gen X isn't just a fashion statement. With Andrew and Rob. Brought to you by Tribe74.com, your digital media experts. Check them out. Oh, yes. Thanks, everyone. Hey, hey, folks. Don't forget to check out our new Patreon at patreon.com backslash how to survive the modern world and you can join us and become a member of the gen x club or our podcast and help us decide and you know on some of our future subjects and you can get a hold of us and not only that if you if you buy into the upper tiers you get some exclusive one-of-a-kind type items and merch oh yes yeah, and we appreciate you guys listening and we appreciate your support in any way, any way. And we'll love you to come and join us again and on our next show. You know what? What would actually just be really great if you shared this episode with a friend? That too, that too. The more people that listen, the more people that uh, can learn how to survive the modern world. Thanks. Ciao.